This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. Thank you, Sid. And thank you all for joining us today. I am so excited about today's program. You know, we like to think of this guest that you're going to hear today as kind of one of our regulars around here, you know, basically part of the family. And I even sometimes refer to him as my brother from another mother because we just love him so much. He is a pastor and a teacher and a prophetic voice that we find is is right on the cutting edge of what God is doing in our current times. So today is no exception. (laughs) We're going to talk about a sweet vision that our guest had, and you'll understand what I mean by that in just a bit. But we're also going to visit with him about the topic of his new book, School of the Miraculous. Please welcome Dr. Keenan Bridges. Hi, Keenan. Hey, Donna. Hey, how are you? I am well. We're so happy to have you. And we're going to be talking, as I said, about the School of the Miraculous. And and you call this new book a practical guide to walking in daily miracles. And you know what? Right away, I noticed two things about that subtitle, practical and daily. Now, tell me what you mean by that. And, and why did you write this particular book? You know, it's very interesting. When we look at the state of the body of Christ, there is a longing, there is a cry for more. You know, years ago when I had a heavenly vision where I saw the Lord Jesus, he looked at me, and when he gazed into my eyes, I heard these words, tell my people there's so much more. Mm. Since that time, I've really been on a quest to, to really seek God and create an environment, whether it be in my church or in the writing materials that we release, to foster an encounter with God's presence. But sadly, so many people in the body of Christ either don't believe in miracles or Mm. they don't experience them. And if they do experience them, they don't experience them on a regular basis. And it is my firm conviction that it is the will of God for us to walk in miracles every day. Yes. And the reason why it's important that it's practical is because when you look at the ministry of Jesus, uh, starting with the book of Acts, you know, it's not called the book of thoughts, not called the book of ideas, it's the book of Acts, actions, you know, because actions are what activate the miraculous. Right. And, and Jesus did and he taught. And the reason why that's important is because God really wants us to understand that the kingdom is very practical. It's something that every one of us can do. And so I was really, really excited to create a practical guide Mm -hmm. that people can apply uh, step by step, you know, when it comes to what are miracles and how they can walk in these miracles daily. And that's why in this resource we have a practicum at the end of every other chapter. Yes, yes. People how to apply 
uh, what they're being taught. I love that. And, you know, we <laughs> I always tease about this a little bit. We read a lot of books around here. <laughs> and we always, my goal is always to read it, but not just with my head, but with my heart. You know, let it soak into your spirit while you're reading it. And I found this, I, I, I would say, an equipping tool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And now, listen, um, when we started today's program, I said, we're going to talk about a sweet vision that you had. And uh, so hopefully we piqued some interest there. Tell us about um, the vision where you saw something literally raining down from the sky. Yeah, you know, um, I had an open vision. And uh, in this open vision, it was very interesting because I saw Skittles falling out of the sky. They were raining from heaven. And and when I grew when I grew up, and and I might be revealing my age a little bit, but when I was growing up, I loved Skittles because uh, the uh, theme was Taste the Rainbow, and so they had all kinds of colors and and all these kinds of things. But initially, I mean, uh, essentially, it was it's just sugar, you know, it's just <laughs> yes different flavors of sugar uh, <laughs> that you eat. And in the vision, these Skittles were raining out of the sky. And God said to me, he said, this is my ridiculous favor and my miraculous provision that I'm raining down on my people. For those who have been seeking God and who have been aligned with him properly, God said that they would see the sweetness, the sweetness of his presence, of his goodness, like we've never seen it or experienced it before. And so this is really exciting because I believe that not only is this a representation of the favor of God on the church, and by church I, I mean the body of Christ at large, the body of Yeshua at large, the, the reigning of his favor, but also the reigning down of his presence and power on the church. Yes. That this would be a season of just miracles, and we're already seeing these miracles uh, happening even now. And so that was my vision, and, and it's really been coming to pass. You also had a recent prophecy about the season that we're in, about this current season. Yeah, you know, we're in a season where the best way I can describe it, Donna, is that the veil between heaven and earth is so thin right now. It's so thin because there's an earnest desire on the part of the kingdom of God, on the part of heaven, to really invade the earth yes and it's going to be a season of unusual miracles we're going to see creative miracles like we've never seen them before and we're also going to see the release of finances to the body of christ and the reason why this is important is because the finances are going to be the vehicle to bring in the harvest of souls it's so important that god fulfill what he spoke in isaiah 60 when he said arise and shine your light is coming the glory of the lord has risen upon you behold Darkness shall cover the earth, gross darkness to people, but my light will be seen on you. And then it says that the nations will come to the brightness of your rising. And it also says that the camels will come from afar. Mm -hmm. that, that means that the wealth is coming to the church, not just for our personal benefit, Donna, but for the financing and the equipping of the saints yes. to bring in the harvest of souls. And the best way I can describe this season God's going to release wisdom, and he's going to release wealth, and it's going to be like 
eternity invading time. It's a supernatural season, a Kairos moment in the earth where people are going to begin to experience the power and presence of God in unusual ways. This is the season of wisdom and wealth for the church. Yes. And you know what? Do, Do you find that sometimes people shy away from talking about wealth and finances? They're like, oh, no, we don't want to talk about money. It's not all about money. But my goodness, the way you just said that was powerful. So <laughs> I, I know you actually you actually even have some testimonies um, that, that you can share with us on this very thing. Yeah, you know, let me say this as I get into the testimonies. One of the issues in the church is is semantics. We, we get into these semantical sort of conundrums where where words that that have a certain connotation we kind of block them out, like the word prosperity. Or mm-hmm. most of us, especially if you grew up in the '80s and '90s when televangelism was was really booming. Um, most of us have sort of a, a negative taste when it comes to that kind of thing. But the reality is just because someone misuses something doesn't mean that it's bad. I mean, I've seen people misuse workout equipment. Yes. <laughs> yes. But the reality is that God has a purpose. So to share these experiences, I, I've been seeing these miracles happen all over uh, the earth. And one of the things that, that it's interesting, I was ministering to a young man recently. He's a pastor and has a church that's doing pretty well. And uh, he was one of those people that had that negative perception of mm. wealth. And when he began to listen to my teachings on this, this supernatural transfer that's happening in the earth, God really quickened something on the inside of him. And he literally repented. He said, God, I'm sorry for having a poverty mindset. I'm sorry for having a mentality that doesn't line up with your word. And he says, from now on, I'm going to embrace this message of abundance. And it's really interesting. He began to release his faith. He took authority over the spirit of poverty. Let me tell you what happened. He comes to me and he says, man, I was at church. And and he says, the wealth just began to come in. God began to minister to people. And he said, within of several days, about two weeks or so, he received over $30,000. And he says, man, I've never had anything like this in, in, in my life. So there's something to this message. On another occasion, I was in Africa, and I'll never forget I was ministering in South Africa, and I was releasing a prophetic word over businessmen there. And one particular businessman, uh, he was really gracious to us. He hosted us and and really opened his doors to us. And the Bible talks about when you receive a prophet, you'll receive a prophet's reward. And I began to prophesy over him that he would receive the biggest financial miracle of his life. And in a matter of weeks, he received $45 million. Whoa. And I'll tell you, and this is significant, Donna, because this man is really financing the gospel. He's building churches and pours into churches. And so God is really interested in manifesting his miraculous power to those of us who are willing to partner with him. Yes, yes. Yeah. Ooh, 
And, <laughs> you know, when you gave that first example, $30,000, I'm like, you know what? That's something I can wrap my head around. But $45 million and now being used uh, to bring souls to the kingdom and to further the kingdom. Wow. <laughs> that is something I'm like, that's so supernatural. So anyway, let me ask you this question. You talk about the power of God today. Now we know in Bible times, uh, Old Testament, New Testament, we see the workings of the power of God in so many ways, but you talk about it today. Can every believer, Pastor Keenan, operate in the power and gifts of the Holy Spirit today? Absolutely, without any equivocation. Absolutely. Well, I like that answer. I want to just let everybody know that at the end of the program today, uh, Sid Roth is going to be here, and he's going to tell you how you can get Pastor Keenan Bridges' brand new book. It's called School of the Miraculous, and he is also developing for you a brand new and exclusive audio teaching series. And get, now get this, based on the vision that he had, the the topic and the title of this audio teaching series is Ridiculous Favor and Miraculous Provision. Woo! I like that, Pastor Keenan. I like it. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's, let's start back here. Um, you just answered the question, can every believer operate in the power and the gifts of the Spirit? With the answer, absolutely. So the ones that are operating in this power, the believers that see miracles, have two things in common. Talk to us about that. You know, and, and when I answered that, it's, it's important for people to understand that this is not only scriptural, but it's, it's evident in the lives of millions of people that I come across all over the world who have been really seeking God and hungering for the supernatural, and they're seeing the supernatural power of God move in their lives. You know, the two things that they all have in common first one is awareness. Mm. You have to be aware that there is a realm beyond this realm. There is a world beyond this world. I remember growing up and uh, Star Trek was very popular. <laughs> yes. And, and they would say going where no man has gone before. In other words, they were seeking galaxies and dimensions that were far beyond whatever people could comprehend. And in the same way, not to be too sci-fi, but in the same way, you have to understand that there is a spiritual realm, a realm of the supernatural that is that is even more real and of a deeper reality, more substantial than the one that we can see with our physical eyes. Yes. And so there has to be that awareness of the spirit realm, and then there has to be a lifestyle of walking in the spirit. You know, because when you do those two things, basically you receive access. This is so important. Access is so important. You know, when we when we talk about access, we're talking about being able to walk in a certain reality. When you understand by revelation that there is a realm beyond this one that we have been invited into, the scripture says in Ephesians that we have been seated together with him in heavenly places in Christ. So we have already been given access to the heavenly realm and the revelation of heaven's resources. The revelation of the reality of heaven releases the supernatural resources and power 
of the world to come. That's really what, what is really key in all of this. Yes. So awareness and a lifestyle of walking in the Spirit equals access to heaven's resources. That is a perfect example of what we were talking about early uh, in the program about being a practical guide. It's it's um, just the way you teach and the way you explain things really brings it down to where we can understand it, that we can become aware and we can understand it on this level. A practical guide, a day, something that, that that we can use in our everyday. That's what I like. And there was a there was a, a statement that you make that I actually wrote down and it's in my office and it has an exclamation point at the end of it. And it is revelation releases miracles. Whew. I like that one. <laughs> I like that one a lot. Talk to us a little bit about purposes, God's purposes for miracles. So when we talk about miracles, it's very important because a lot of times people misunderstand the concept of a miracle. And let me really just, let me, let me, let me say this uh, before I even get into that. A miracle is really when God interrupts or overrides the natural course of human operation. Mm -hmm. Anytime God interrupts or overrides the natural course of human operation. Now, why does he do this? He does this because he's sovereign. He does this because the kingdom of God is greater than any other kingdom that exists. So throughout Scripture, miracles are really God's way of interrupting the natural course of human operation. And so when you think about miracles, it reveals that there is a world or a reality that is greater than the physical world. There's something greater than what we see in the physical. So if God is real, then miracles are possible. In fact, I remember being in a philosophy class years ago, and it's called the argument for miracles. One of the things about miracles is that miracles prove that God exists. If God is real, then miracles must be real. And so vice versa, if miracles are real, if miracles are real and substantial, then it means that God is real. And so I like to put it like this. Miracle signs and wonders are God's signposts in the earthly realm. Yes. Point us to the eternal king and his kingdom of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. In other words, miracles are the marketing plan of heaven. <laughs> can I say that one more time? You sure can. Are the marketing plan of heaven. They are the advertisement strategy of heaven. And this is why Jesus said in Mark 16, these signs shall follow them to believe. These signs point us to something. You know, one day I was driving in... Um, South Bend, Indiana, well, to South Bend, Indiana, from Chicago, probably about a 90-minute drive. And they have these big signs, big signs on the side of the road. And, you know, the Midwest is very flat yes. where I'm from in Georgia. So you can see the signs for miles, just miles of these huge signs. And the sign will say, this restaurant, 30 miles ahead. This restaurant, 20 miles ahead. And what happens is the more you look at the signs, the more you realize that you're getting closer and closer to something. If you're like me, when you're driving and you're hungry, you start salivating a little bit. <laughs> you see that big burger and fries on the sign, and you know that in just a little while, 
you're about to see the manifestation of that. And so what happens is that the signs of the spiritual realm are miracles. They're the signposts. They point us to a greater reality. And this is why Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's near. He said, go into the villages, go into the towns, preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons, and tell the people that the kingdom of God is at hand. And so miracles point people to the kingdom. And yes. it's so important to understand, Donna. Yes. We are not to chase miracles. We are to pursue the king and his kingdom, and miracles will follow. Yes. You know, I loved that part. Um, have you ever, maybe it's just me, but have you ever known something or been aware of something, but it just didn't really sink in or hit you until maybe you were reading or talking with someone, and, and then all of a sudden you go, oh, my goodness, I see that, I see that. That's what happened to me, Brother Keenan, when I was reading when you were talking about these signs shall follow us, mm-hmm. not the other way around. Exactly. That's huge. So important because we have we have a generation right now, Donna, that is especially I would say the younger generation that are really seeking. There's a there's a seeker generation right now. Mm-hmm. People are seeking answers. And it's easy for us to sometimes get caught up in the miracles alone. And this is important because God, God is a God of holiness. He's a God of righteousness. He's a God of completeness. And so he wants us to have the whole package, not just a piece of the puzzle. And I think that's very, very important for this generation because there is going to be an outpouring of the Spirit like we've never seen it before. But we have to make sure that we keep Jesus as the focus at all times. Yes, yes. Oh, I love that. And now we're talking about signs, wonders, miracles. We're talking about Satan's kingdom being subdued, people speaking with uh, new tongues, protection and healing. And I I know, Pastor Keenan, you on a regular basis experience healings in your ministries, even even in your church. We have a hub in our church. And our, our church is not just a church. We call it really an apostolic, prophetic, supernatural hub. Mm-hmm. I like that. From all over the world. Yeah, they come from all over the world to really get equipped and, and empowered to walk in the supernatural. And so as a result of that, we get a lot of of cases of people that are in need of miracles, in need of healing. Uh, I'll share a couple with you that I believe will bless people. You know, one of them, there was a young man in our church with uh, there's a skin condition called vitiligo, and it's an incurable skin condition that basically reverses the pigmentation. So if a person is of a darker hue, it begins to turn them them white. You know, if you ever see like um, like leprosy in the Bible, you, you know, when, when people would have leprosy, their skin would turn white. It's not quite the same because it's not a degenerative condition, but it's, it's, it's very serious. And so this young man had vitiligo, and he came to our church. And I was looking at the mother, and I looked at the young man, and I said, you know what? God can fix that. He'll take care of that. And just like that, that's all I said. I said, God can fix that. And something about declaring the word over him just like that began to reverse his condition. And now it's totally gone, totally gone. Half of his head was covered in vitiligo, and it just disappeared in a matter of, of days. 
that's a miracle. Yes, yes, I would say. Because because now, medically, that's incurable, right, and, and irreversible. It's not, yes, there's no cure for it. It's not reversible at all. And and even even people, I know for him, that was, for everyone that, that witnessed it, that was a miracle. But you've even had people that were at the point of death who were healed. Yeah, I remember um, there was a young man that we prayed for. He basically had a serious stroke, and this stroke was so serious that it put him into a coma. And our women's ministry began to pray for this young man, and the Lord brought him out of the coma supernaturally. Uh, he was going to die. He was, you know, the doctors had already sort of given him a death sentence, and he came out of the coma supernaturally. But like many people, when they come out of something devastating like that, there are side effects. And so his side effects was he couldn't speak he couldn't use his right side, and he couldn't walk. Yes. And this young man came to one of our meetings. It was at night, and he came in. They had to bring him in with the car. They put up the car. We have a, a handicapped area where people who, who can't, you know, function can come in uh, very easily. And so he came in through the doors, and he, they sat him down in the chairs. And literally, in a matter of moments, not only did he speak, he couldn't speak, but he got up and began to walk, Ooh. and he began to use the right side of his body supernaturally. And so we're seeing things like this all the time. There was a, another young man that had been diagnosed with terminal cancer. They gave him three months to live. It was a very severe form of cancer, very deadly. And um, I was asked to pray for this young man. And, and when I went to pray for him, I literally rebuked the spirit of death off of him and he was supernaturally healed i mean this was probably you know one of the most miraculous things and that man is doing good right now he's, he's still playing basketball <laughs> exactly with his children i mean it was amazing it was supernatural it was supernatural let's let's talk about one more before we move on you were in australia and there was what we what, what we term a creative miracle. Yeah, and I love Australia because Australia was called by Smith Wigglesworth the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. And so I believe that there's such a move of God that's taking place there. And I was in a meeting, there were a lot of people there, and I was preaching. And as I was preaching, the Lord began to give me a word of knowledge about someone in the audience. And I said, somebody's eyes being healed right now. But I didn't know is that one of the guys that was one of the technicians had blindness as a result of an accident. His eye had been detached from his brain. Mm -hmm. So there was, no, there was no sight in that eye. And when I said those words, just with a snap like that, his eyeball was reattached to his brain supernaturally, and he began to see. And this man had not seen in six years plus, but he began to see. And when he began to see, he just began to weep and cry and thank God. And uh, he still has his sight till today. Yes. It's, it's amazing. We're seeing this. We're seeing these kind of miracles all over the place. And let me say this, because this is so important. It's not about personality. It's not about, it's, it's, it's not about title. It's about the revelation of the kingdom of God. It's about recognizing that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in inside of all of us 
who call on the name of Jesus as children of God. Yes. It's important to understand. Yes. You know what? I, I, I know sometimes we wait until the end to pray, but I, whew, I'd love it if you would pray for those that might be listening at this point. What do you think? Yeah, I want to pray for people yeah. right now because there's such an activation and there's such an anointing for miracles right now. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray over every person listening to the sound of my voice. And I thank you, Lord, that there's an impartation of the miraculous that's literally flowing right now, God, over that person, no matter their title, their position, no matter where they are in the world hearing this. Lord, the same God that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us and quickens us right now. So I just say receive your miraculous inheritance in Jesus' name and also receive your miracle. If you need a miracle in your body right now, just receive it. I believe that creative miracles happening. I believe that people, there's somebody that's actually right now, your whole financial life is turning around the spirit of bondage in the area of finances is being broken off of you, and you're going to see the manifestation of God's glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, we have a lot of people talk about glory, uh, what that is, how to get into the presence of God so that we can experience His glory. But there's something that you talk about in your book that I loved so much. I felt like was so powerful. It's about not trying to think that miracles is something that we achieve or accomplish, but something that we release because His glory is within us. You know, it's so important to understand that there is a glory within as a result of what Jesus did on the cross. You know, when we received Yeshua, when we received Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the same Spirit that raised him from the dead dwells in us. And the Bible says that he was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, which means that there's a glory within us. I never forget, I was preaching one of my early sermons, and I was preaching a message on grace multiplied, and the glory of God began to manifest in that meeting. I mean, it was just palpable. People could feel it and see it. It was really, really supernatural. You could feel the glory. And as people begin to feel the glory, it was almost like the presence of God began to touch people, mm-hmm. heal people, begin to transform people. And it wasn't about my effort, Sister Donna. It wasn't about me trying to conjure up something. In fact, I want to say this because I feel such an anointing here. You know, even now in our ministry, we're seeing the glory just this past uh, meeting that we had was filled with so much glory that people were weeping on their faces. People began to get healed. People, there was a young man that said he had not received the touch from God in his life. He, he was jealous of his spouse because she was always receiving a, a touch, but not him. And he began to shake and quake under the glory of God. And I'm telling you, there is a there is a glory rising that's taking place in the church today. Yes. And we are a part of one of the most significant moves of the Spirit of God in our lifetime. And I'm telling you, in this generation, we're not going to measure congregations by the by the coffee that they serve or the the beauty of the edifice that they occupy. 
but we're going to judge churches or God's going to judge churches based off of the level of glory that they carry. Yes. That will be the qualifier in this season to host the presence of God. How much glory? What is your, what is your glory threshold? What is your capacity? Because that will determine how God can move in our midst. Yes. And you make mention of this demonstration when the glory is there, when the presence is there. When Jesus preached, there was demonstration. When the apostles uh, and the disciples preached, there was demonstrations. And that should be the same for us. Absolutely. You know, the reality is this. Paul said in Romans chapter 1, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God under salvation. That's the Greek word dunamis. Mm Mm-hmm. And that word dunamis literally means, among other definitions, the power to perform miracles. So it was always God's purpose that the gospel would be accompanied by the miraculous. And one of the things that has happened in this generation is that there is a replacement uh, theology going on. And I don't just talk, I'm not just talking about eschatology now, but I'm talking about also in the sense that we've replaced the power of God with philosophy, with good speech, and all of these things. But the reality is that the the kingdom is a kingdom of power. Paul said, I didn't come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom, but I came to you in the demonstration of the Spirit and power. So it must be demonstration. We must see a demonstration of the power of God, because that, in fact, is the gospel. However, we have a part to play. Yes. Mark 16 tells us, it says this, and they went about preaching the gospel, the Lord working with them, confirming his word with signs and wonders. So God is interested in a partnership. We have a part to play. We have a role to play when it comes to the gospel. We have to put a claim and place a demand on God's miraculous power. We want to see a miracle in our lives, especially when it comes to the miraculous operating through us. We have to place a claim on heaven. Yes. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't realize that faith in the kingdom is not actually spelled F-A-I-T-H. Faith in the kingdom is spelled R-I-S-K. Yes. You have to take a risk. You have to take a risk. You have to do something you've never done before. There was one evangelist that would always say, if you want to see what you've never seen before, you have to do what you've never done before. And I believe that's very true. Yes. Let me just say this for those that are listening right here. I know you're listening and you're saying, put in a claim, place a demand, risk, you know, all these things. How do I do that? How do I do that? I want you to know when we were talking about the book School of the Miraculous and how it is there as an equipping tool, a practical guide, you will get all of this instruction in Pastor Keenan's new book. And also you will love the information that you'll get in the audio teaching series. So I just wanted to throw that in because sometimes we don't always have time to explain every single one of these phrases, these powerful phrases. But I'm sure you're saying like I did, oh, how do I do that? That sounds so great. How do I do that? So anyway, Sid Roth will be here at the end of the program to let you know exactly how you can get Pastor Keenan's new book, School of the Miraculous, and again, the brand new and exclusive audio teaching series that he has entitled Ridiculous Favor and Miraculous Provision. Awesome.
Now, Pastor Keenan, here's something that I don't hear a lot of information or a lot of talk about, but you told us that you want to be sure and talk about, and you talk about this a lot in your book, kingdom culture. Tell us about that. Yeah, it is so important. If you're going to live a supernatural lifestyle, you have to develop a supernatural culture. And I talk about that in this teaching on how to develop a supernatural culture. When we talk about culture, Donna, it's important that people understand that culture is really it's the pervasive thoughts, mindsets, attitudes of a particular group of people or a nation or any kind of populace. Right. So when I traveled out of the country for the first time, I began to realize that, man, culture is real and it's, it's different. I had a culture shock because I went to Africa and I realized that the way they do things over there is not the same as the way we do them. Yes. Each and every one of us have a cultural expression and the kingdom of God is no different. In fact, the Bible talks about in Matthew 6:33, it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. In some translations, it actually says, seek first the kingdom and his way of doing things, his culture. There's a culture of the kingdom. And so when we begin to understand that the kingdom has a distinct culture and as citizens of the kingdom, we become a part of that and we must learn how to inculcate or allow that culture to permeate us if we want to live this Christian life successfully. And that's a part of discipleship. So I call it miraculous discipleship because what we're doing is that we're teaching people how to imbibe a way of living that's actually supernatural. So you have to actually change your language. You have to change your customs. Yes. Okay? The way you do things. So the way you communicate, the way you speak, The way you operate has to be in alignment with the kingdom of God. And I'll give you one example. There was a season where the church began to really focus on what we speak. And oftentimes people refer to this as name it and claim it. The idea was, again, like I mentioned earlier, the misuse of something does not negate the value of that thing. Right. Because something is misused. You can use a shovel to eat grits. I mean that the grits are bad or the shovel's bad, but the way you're using it is wrong. It's improper use, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) When we look at the kingdom of God, there's something about our words. Jesus said the words that I speak are spirit and life. Mm. But what you say is very significant. One of the ways that we adapt and adopt kingdom culture is we must learn to speak God's word, faith-filled words that line up with Scripture. When you learn how to say what God says, it will actually produce what God says in your life. This is such an important aspect of the culture of the kingdom. You know, the Bible says in Job twenty-two twenty-eight that you will decree a thing and it shall be established. James says that the tongue can be an unruly beast. It says if you can control the tongue, you can control your entire life. And so it's very, very important that we really imbibe that language of speaking faith-filled words and trusting God, trusting God for the outcome. Yes. The other thing I want to say I think is really important is that every culture, every kingdom, or every country has its customs, right? So not only the language, which we talked about the language of faith just now and faith-filled words, but the custom of that 
teaching them, which is the way we do things, the way we move about. And I think this is so important to say, especially in this season and this generation of the body of Christ, the custom of the kingdom of God is holiness. You know, I used to come up in a time where the old mothers would say these kind of things. They would say, holiness is still right. And it's true. You know, we live in a society where holiness has become outdated in many circles and antiquated. And, oh, that's just religious. But no, God is holy. And he says we have to be holy just like he's holy. If you want to live a supernatural lifestyle, if you want to walk in miracles, you have to embrace holiness as a way of life. We must be holy. And I, I don't want to just beat a dead horse here, but I got I got to say it one more time. I believe that people need to understand that God is holy. Yes. And he has an expectation that as his children, we must walk in holiness. Is that all right? Can I say that? <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for that. I know a lot of people talk about knowing our identity. And when I was reading your book, studying your book, and like I said earlier, just kind of letting it soak in, something that I really got is you were talking about understanding our identity is one of the most important aspects of our spiritual life. How so? It's very important. In Matthew 16, Jesus has a conversation in Caesarea Philippi with Peter and the rest of the disciples, and he asked them a profound question. He says, who do men say that I am? It was important that as his followers, they understood who he was. And Peter said something by revelation. He says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus looked at Peter and said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. Then he goes further to say that you are Peter. He tells Peter who he is, and he says, upon this rock, not of Peter or, according to some traditions, the Pope and all that kind of stuff, but the rock he's referring to there is the revelation of who he is. Mm -hmm. So the revelation of Christ is the foundation of the church. In order for us to be the church, we have to know who he is, and we have to know who we are, because every form of bondage in a believer's life is connected to a lie they have believed about who they are, Ooh. who God is. Ooh, wow, that's strong. Any bondage in a person's mm. life is connected to a lie they have believed about who they are and who he is. And that's why Jesus said in John eight thirty two, he says, if you continue in my word, you will be my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth and it is the truth you know that will make you free. The truth you know, not the truth you heard, but it's the truth you know that will make you free. Yes, and that's the very reason the enemy, our enemy, does not want us to realize and understand who we are. He doesn't. He fights our identity more than any other area of our lives. We need to know. You see, an identity is the characteristic that determines who or what a person is. So when we were born again, Jesus said a man must be born again. That means that we receive the very genetic code of our father. We're supposed to bear his likeness and his image. We're supposed to resemble our father, okay? Yes. When you think about this, John 4 says that God's a spirit. When he made us, he made us a conscious, speaking, spiritual being created in his likeness. And we have the same spirit living within us that was present and that participated 
in the creation of the world. Now think about that for a sec. The same Holy Spirit that brooded over the waters in creation, in the beginning of time, before time began, the preexistent Spirit of God lived inside of us as born-again New Testament believers. We have the Spirit within us. Yes. That ought to be some cream for your coffee right there. (laughs) (laughs) You understand that you're not sliced bread. You're not chopped liver, as they say. You are actually a child of God, and God sees you as his own. The Bible says that when we were born again, when we came to Christ, that we were joined to the Lord, and we became one spirit with him. This is so important for us to understand. Do we really know who we are? Yes. Because if you can't answer that, then that means that you don't have the confidence to walk in God's intended plan for your life. You need to know who you are. Yes, that's the kind of teaching that when people hear it, they're going to go calling up a friend or going to their next-door neighbor or talking to someone and saying, did you hear what Pastor Keenan said? Do you know this? Do you know that? So that's the kind of little nuggets that I feel like people really want to share with other people because they're so powerful. When you when you talked about that same Holy Spirit that was there at the creation of the world dwelling inside of us. That's where I could see probably people that are listening to this program getting up and standing up and saying, yes, yes, because that is revelation. It is. And you know, Donna, everything in our spiritual lives flows from identity. Yes. And this is why Satan really wants us in an identity crisis. He wants us to have a misunderstanding, and to even misappropriate who we are. Yes. Because if we do that, then we will continue to live beneath our potential and beneath the life. I want to say this. I want people to hear this. To live beneath the life that Jesus gave his life for. And can I just pray for somebody right now, Donna? Of course. I step out of bounds. No, 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 of course. I feel this so strong. I want somebody to know that you were to die for. You were to die for. Jesus thought so much of you that he died on the cross. The Father thought so much of his creation, you and I, that he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And so I just, I break off of you the shackles of deception. I break off the shackles of lies and the words that have been spoken over you that don't line up with what God says about you. And I declare that you will become and you will function in the plan and purpose of God for your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to talk about a couple more little things quickly before we go. We've got a few minutes left. And one of them is everyday miracles and the power of prayer. And you talk about and teach us about an attitude of expectancy. You know, an attitude of expectancy is the breeding ground or it creates the atmosphere for miracles. It's the attitude of expectation that creates the atmosphere for miracles. We must live in a constant state of expectancy. Many people may say, what is expectancy? Many people say, what is expectancy? Well, it's the anticipation of God doing something. It is living in a constant state of anticipation. 
You know, like my children, they're always expecting me to buy them something. <laughs> of course. All the time. Whenever I come from somewhere, whenever I travel from any distance, it could even be the next state over, right? They want to say, what did you bring us from that state? What did you bring us from that town? You know, I remember one time going to Georgia, and they said, what did you bring us from Georgia? I said, well, it's the same thing they have in Florida. So I didn't really hear <laughs> anything. And yet my children... They always expect daddy to have something good for them. And I believe that this is a good thing because it keeps me on my toes. I always want to buy them something Yes. because they're always expecting something from me. I know I can't show up empty-handed. And my wife told me, she says, Keenan, make sure you always bring something for the kids. And it's true. So think about our Heavenly Father. Jesus said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your Father in heaven will give good things to his children, to those who love him. So what I'm saying is this. When we live in expectancy, it places a demand on heaven to manifest those things that we expect. When you live in a constant state of anticipation, I know that something miraculous is going to happen to me today. I know that God's going to intervene in my life. I know and you do not allow discouragement, which simply means when you dismiss your courage. Yes. Or you diss your courage. That's what discouragement is. But when we live in anticipation and we boldly say, the Lord is my helper, when we boldly say, God is good, when we boldly say, he knows the plans that he has for me, and he has something good for me, and I'm constantly looking, seeking, and anticipating something good, it creates an environment around me where miracles happen. Yes. I want to do something a little different here, uh, Pastor Keenan. Normally, I'll ask our guests to pray at the end of the program, but I just want to let everybody know at the end of the chapters in this book that you have prepared, you also write out a prayer that goes along with the topic that you've been teaching on. And so you've just been talking about expectancy, creating the atmosphere for miracles. Would you mind reading the prayer? And then you can add anything else that you feel at the end of it. But would you mind reading the prayer that you have at the end of your chapter on expectancy? Yeah, I want to pray that right now in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for your miraculous power working in me. And I want you all to pray this. Today, I release my expectancy for miracles, signs and wonders. I recognize that you want to do something supernatural through my life daily. I acknowledge the power of prayer. And by faith, I access spiritual realities that go beyond the limitations of my circumstances. Father, whatever you have promised me and whatever you have spoken concerning my life, I receive it right now. I receive that I am a vessel you have raised up in this generation to release miracles. I declare that your spirit catapults me into new dimensions of the supernatural presence and power of God. I anticipate great things happening in my life because you are omnipotent and omnibenevolent. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. And that is a prayer that is at the end of one of the chapters in Brother Kenan's book, and they are all through it. Every time I would get to that part, you know, I would read the prayers, and I always like to read them out loud, and I would be reading them out loud, and I'd get just more and more excited as I went. So for those of you that might be saying, you know, I just don't really know how to put it into words, Pastor Keenan has already done that for you. So as you read these prayers, just let it sink in to your spirit. Well, our time is up. Pastor Keenan, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited, Donna. And I really appreciate this opportunity. Absolutely, absolutely. And let me remind everybody one more time, Sid Roth is going to be here in just a moment to let you know how you can get Dr. Keenan Bridges' brand new book, School of the Miraculous, and this special audio teaching series that he has titled Ridiculous Favor and Miraculous Provision. Sid? What if you could experience something miraculous every day? Many believers think of miracles as rare events for a select and fortunate few. Dr. Keenan Bridges says miracles don't have to be something mysterious and out of reach. They don't have to be the exception. They can become common for you. Are you ready to enroll in the School of the Miraculous? Don't miss your opportunity to get Keenan's brand new book, School of the Miraculous and his brand new and exclusive audio teaching series, Ridiculous Favor and Miraculous Provision for an investment of only 35 U.S. dollars. You can't get this package anywhere else, so be sure to order yours today. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. Once again, that's one 800 447 2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S I D R O T H dot O R G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9681. Once again, that's offer number 9681.